Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good day, listening friends. What a glorious day the Lord has made. Truly, let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm your friend, Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, located at 40283 Wolf Road in Caledonia, Mississippi. And I also welcome you on behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, located at 11 Staten Road near Ackerman, Mississippi, and her sweet pastor, my good friend, Elder David Wise. We invite you to go to gospel-of-grace.com. I hope that you'll find it a wonderful and useful site. Church locators, frequently asked questions, uh, links, and archived messages. Join us, find our churches, and come worship with us. We would absolutely love to meet you. Contact us, if you will, and let us know that you're listening. We'd like to carry on today with a series of messages derived from the account recorded in Genesis chapter 22, the accounting of the experience of Abraham and Isaac up on Mount Moriah. So stay tuned with us. We hope that you'll enjoy this message today regarding being justified by works. And after this hymn, we'll be right back with today's message. Thank you for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. Again, I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I'm turned in my Bible to Genesis chapter 22. Now, if you've been able to listen to the last few messages uh, that I've delivered on the Gospel of Grace broadcast, you know that I've focused on Genesis chapter 22 and the wonderful doctrinal truths that are exemplified 
in this experience that Abraham had when he was commanded of God to take his son Isaac up on Mount Moriah and to offer him there as a sacrifice unto God. And today we'd like to look at another distinctly different doctrinal truth that is exemplified beautifully in this very rich, powerful, and wonderful passage of Scripture. Now, if you haven't heard the previous three messages, I invite you to go to gospel-of-grace, and you can catch up on them if you like. But even if you haven't heard them, we trust that today's message will be pertinent and understandable, and that you'll get a blessing from it. So we pick back up in Genesis chapter 22, verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. I'd like to speak to you today about the doctrine of justification by works. Now, why do I say that in relation to this passage of Scripture where we're going to see over in James chapter 2 uh, that Brother James pointed under the inspiration of the Spirit of God directly at this account as a wonderful example in the life of Abraham where he was justified by works. Now, we see another justification truth uh, being exemplified in Abraham's life and if you know from reading Romans chapter 3 and 4 and in uh, Galatians chapter 3 and in other places, you see that Abraham was justified by faith. He is called our father of faith. He is uh, the most uh, glaring example from the Old Testament of one being justified by faith. Now notice the picture of being justified by faith. What does that mean? Well, justified basically just means to be shown to be real or genuine, authentic, or bona fide. It means if something is justified, it is right. It is just, in other words. So again, we want to make this distinctly different from being justified by the blood of Christ. The only justification that will gain heaven for you, listening friend, is the blood of Jesus Christ and his suffering upon the tree of the cross and his perfect life lived for you. That is the only sacrifice God has accepted. That is the only action that has ever taken place by the only person who ever could have done it that could make one eternally just before an offended father, okay? By his work, he made us bona fide, made us authentic, made us genuine and real. Why? Because he imputed the totality of his righteousness unto us and took away from us any sins that could be held against us at that last day and he paid for them himself. So as far as gaining a people for heaven, he took care of that 2,000 years ago during his life and death in uh, Judea all those years ago. But what does it mean to be justified by faith? It means that through faith, something is shown to be real or genuine or authentic and bona fide. 
So to be justified by faith, we see a good example from Genesis chapter 15, verse 8, in the context alluded to as when Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Okay, that's being justified by faith. It was counted unto him for righteousness. That means when he trusted and believed God, something was imputed or given unto Abraham for Abraham's good and use and benefit, something that was evidentiary, something that revealed something to Abraham. Notice in Genesis chapter 15, verse eight, and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? What was under consideration here? God had given him great and precious covenant promises. And those promises would be fully realized and carried on through his promised seed, Isaac. Well, here in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham was quite discouraged because the promised seed had not yet been born and he saw his advanced age and the deadness of Sarah's womb and he began to lose hope. But here God showed him in no uncertain terms, told him in no uncertain terms, proved for him uh, in an unquestioning way that God was going to be true to his promise. And Abraham after trying and failing at everything he tried to do up to this point to try to help God keep his promises, Abraham finally just had to say, Lord, if it's going to happen, you are the one who will have to bring it about. I trust you. And in that, something was counted to Abraham. And that was that Abraham was able to feel in his own soul peace that God was going to keep his own promises regarding his future blessing. See the wording of that verse, and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? See, being justified by faith is a personal thing. It's something that you experience yourself alone. It is subjective, and it is God's means of revealing to you that through the blood of his son, he's already made you bona fide, genuine, just, real, and authentic that you belong to him, that heaven will be your home. That's your evidence that you're able to feel in peace in your mind and soul and spirit. Well, here, what we've read here, notice the difference in the wording here in verse 12 of Genesis chapter 22. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing Thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. God had commanded him to do this, and right as he was about to do it, the angel of the Lord spoke to him, and it was the angel of the Lord that told him that you're justified, in other words, uh, coupling that together with the words from James chapter 2. How so? He said, because of what you did, something is known and something is seen. You see, while being justified by faith is something subjective, it's something that you yourself have between God, you and God, that no one else can experience your being justified by faith. That's something you intimately and as an individual experience between yourself and God. No one else can see it, know it, or hear it when you trust in God in your heart. But see, being justified by works organically arises from that. Because that trust in the Lord then works itself forward in a way that can be witnessed by others. God commanded it. And notice the word of the angel of the Lord from heaven. Now I know. Now I can see. You see, the experience that Abraham had back in Genesis chapter 15. All right. We know about it because it's been left us here in Holy Writ. 
But see, that was something that was only experienced that day between God and Abraham. But now here, God had commanded, Abraham had performed, and now the angel of the Lord said, I've been a witness to this wonderful occasion. I now see that what you claim in your belief and your trust in the Lord, you are willing to work out in a way that can be seen and known as a special evidence. Now, speaking of our text over in James chapter two, I turn over there now and we'll begin reading in verse 20, James chapter two, verse 20. Now, to set the context, here Brother James is teaching uh, how worthless it is for someone to just have a vocal, verbal expression of faith but yet absolutely no outward appearance or work that would manifest that it is actually genuine, okay? Now, again, I can't see you and feel and know you're being justified by faith. Again, that's between you yourself, individual listener, and the Lord. But there are some things that get manifested in a child of grace, uh, one who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ. Eventually, those things are manifested to where they can be seen and known, certainly to varying degrees, but still they arise as a natural part of faith, and it's called good, holy works. So he's saying faith is just a testimony of saying, I have faith, but yet you live like the devil, saying, oh, I love the Lord, but yet you will not love your fellow man, saying, I have peace with God, but yet you refuse to live in peace with anyone who doesn't do everything that you say when you say to do it. You see, that is not a genuine faith. That's not a genuine faith that I would consider. If I saw someone saying that in lip service and living and speaking and acting diametrically opposed to it, then in my judgment, I wouldn't feel encouraged by that person. I, I wouldn't feel encouraged that that person's even had a work of grace because you can train a parrot to say, I love Jesus Christ, I believe in Jesus Christ, but the parrot in his heart will not feel it and will not manifest it through good and holy works. So now picking up in verse 20, it says, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Okay. Notice that faith without works, the two together is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Again, alluding to Genesis chapter 22, our text. Again, now in verse 22. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? That literally means seest thou how faith worked with his works? And by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith... Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see, he was called the friend of God. People were able to see what Abraham did. Again, in Genesis 22, it was just the angel that saw Abraham do it. But that is a type and figure, as it were, for our day-to-day -day living, when we live among one another. And we see people who love righteousness and they claim the love for Jesus Christ and then they show it forward in being willing to sacrificially live for the good of others, to not always have to have their way, to want to live peaceably. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. Uh, they're, they're willing to be 
scourged. They're willing to be uh, harassed because of their profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, you can look at those works that those people manifest, and you could say, I believe in my judgment that that is a friend of God, just as it was declared of Abraham. You see, now in verse 23, he pointed back to the Genesis chapter 15 account when he was justified by faith. But here we see there an example of in Abraham's life. And notice, I believe it's just one of many times, moments in Abraham's life when he was justified by faith. But yet we see only this one recorded as an example in scripture. And see, justified by works. He's saying that by his works that we see in Genesis chapter 22, his profession of faith that he made in Genesis chapter 15 is fulfilled. That means it's made whole. It's complete. Because friends, faith without works is dead. And saying you have good works without a genuine faith and trust in Jesus Christ is also dead. Now, what does it mean dead? It means dead in the capacity and the ability that it has to work. I think now considering this, it'd be good for us to ask the question, does being justified by faith and justified by works, do these in any way play into adding to, securing, or concreting in some way my destiny of being in heaven? And I would tell you, no, it does not. Being justified by faith and justified by works are something that benefit the child of grace here and now in this world where we're imperfect, where we're living in a sin-cursed earth, and we need the assurances. We need the peace that can be afforded of knowing that blood was shed for us on a tree of Calvary 2,000 years ago. Again, I repeat for you from our text, faith without works is dead. So you see, in whatever realm in which faith is beneficial, it cannot have its effect without works. The two come together, faith and good works. Now, when it says dead there, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, okay? It just means that in the realm of reality that we're considering here, evidentiary, something that can be seen and manifested, an assurance of salvation, not the obtaining of it, but the assurance of it, faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean faith doesn't exist. It just means it's inanimate. You see, I have an eternal soul and spirit. Before I was born again, okay, it was dead in trespasses and in sins. It didn't mean I didn't have a soul and spirit. I had one, but it was dead in trespasses and in sins. But now once the Lord has quickened me with his Holy Spirit, now it's made animated. It's alive. It's sensit. It has power and life. You see, I was born again. In the same sense, faith without works is dead. It means it's dead uh, to the realm of effectiveness in which it has its effect. Someone has genuine faith in Jesus Christ, it will manifest itself in works to some extent. Now, uh, unless one is in a comatose state, just imagine one is in a comatose state where they can't speak, they can't act, they can't work, but yet their brain is still working. And that has been known to take place where he or she can mentally believe and trust, but cannot do any works, no works in action, or not even speech, you know, even speaking, confessing the name of Jesus, that's a work. They say they can't do any of those things, but yet in their mind and heart, they can trust, okay? There you might see faith without works, okay? Or one who comes to faith, say, imagine one comes to, in one moment of time, 
for the first time in their lives, they've trusted in Jesus Christ, or they've been given true faith by God, and now they've exercised that faith in trusting Jesus Christ, but then immediately imagine they're hit by a train and killed in that same moment, okay? If it's not one of those extreme situations, friends, typically his or her faith will eventually manifest itself in fruit. Now, it may be fruit only witnessed by God, as up on Mount Moriah, the servants didn't see it. It was between God and the angelic uh, angel of the Lord that was there with Abraham. They saw it. Maybe the fruit is only witnessed by God, but it's fruit all the same. But I thank God, friends, that uh, in God's children that I live amongst. Oh, friends, not only is God seeing their fruit, but I'm able to see their fruit. And I want them to see my fruit as well. Now, for the remainder of our message today, let's look at a few scriptural references where it shows forth the concept of being justified by works. Notice with me now in Psalm 106, we're going to read verses 30 through 31. In the context is speaking of Phineas when he rose up and he cast a spear through a rebellious Israelite who had brought in uh, a Moabitess and they had uh, discouraged the heart of the people in the Old Testament. And verse 30 of Psalm 106 that says, Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment. Again, he took a spear and he plunged it through them and killed them. And so the plague was stayed. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. Did Was God let in on a secret that day? Did God see something that he couldn't have seen before? Again, God, even in Genesis chapter 22, always knew exactly what Abraham was going to do. All right. God knew what Phineas was going to do this day. So it wasn't counted unto God for his righteousness, but it was counted unto all the Israelites and their future generations that when they considered the situation and saw what Phineas did, they could say, you know what? He was genuine and just and right and bona fide in what he did. It was approved of God and it's approved among the people of God. See, justified by works. It's not letting God in on anything. It's manifesting it to others. Notice the words in Romans chapter 14. We're going to read verses 17 through 18. In the context of speaking, living with sanctity and peace in the kingdom of God. In Romans 14 verse 17, the apostle Paul writes, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ. So here's one who's claimed Christ, and now they're serving Christ. For all the church to see, dwelling peaceably in the kingdom of God. Notice, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God. Praise be unto God. What a fruit and a blessing that is to feel at peace with God. But he also says, and approved of men. You see, in our church, my friends, somebody may come on and join the church, but unless they show forth humility, repentance, belief in Christ and willing to confess Jesus before men, that person would not be accepted into the church as a candidate for baptism. Why? Because uh, they are not approved of men unless they've shown forth some manner of fruits of righteousness and repentance. Now, if you will, go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Again, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi, verse 15. Now, ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel... When I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, 
but ye only. What's he saying? The only people who are helping me in a financial way, in a way uh, of material need, you are giving me, church at Philippi. Picking back up in verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Now notice verse 17, not because I desire a gift. He said, what you did was not special and powerful just because I was in need. Oh, I'm sure he appreciated the food, the money, the clothing, the prayers, the encouragement. I'm sure he appreciated all of those things. He valued all of those things. But what was the great value in what the church at Philippi did for him? Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Not only did he want them to be blessed in a way of reward by the Lord for what they did, but also that all around would see and know the genuine faith that they confessed, that it was showing itself bona fide through their humble works out of a right motive before God, that fruit may abound to your account. While there are many, 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 many scriptural references we could give you, we will close today after reading 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 4 through 5. Again, the Apostle Paul. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Not only were they talking good talk, but the church at Thessalonica, they were walking the walk. What they were saying was not disjointed from what they were doing. They were loving Christ with their mouth and they were loving Christ with their sacrifices, their money, their prayers, their time, their witness, and their joyful demeanor. Amen. So in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Here Paul says, as I'm able to judge this thing, as other people are able to judge this, Oh, while we can't look into your hearts and souls, church at Thessalonica, each one of you, and see your peaceful state before God being justified by faith, yet we can see its manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that God has made you just, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Friends, Abraham didn't just stop halfway up the mountain and say, well, God, you know my intentions. Up to this point, I've really intended to come up here and do this. But Lord, you know my heart, but I just can't do this. No, friends, I'll tell you, God knew his heart and God knew what he was going to do. But friends, it's not the intentions. The intentions are wonderful. Thanks be unto God that through faith, we love the Lord and we want to serve him but it means a lot when we carry through and press on, not only being justified by faith, but also being justified by works. Until we're able to speak with you again on such noble and wonderful subjects, may the Lord Jesus Christ's grace be with you all.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.